mistake. So, oh, I didn't even I didn't even touch on uh, Nintendo Pro Wrestling. So, we'll have oh, to I know. Next you can't end without talking about you know King Corn Karn. You can't end. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the guy from the Amazon that used to bite your head? Oh, I think he was called the Amazon. <laughs> it wasn't his... I think he was. <laughs> he was just a green guy. Oh my god. That was amazing. Uh, if I ever join porn, my name will be Kin Corn Corn. As it should be. So culturally sensitive. <laughs> Mr. Harper. Uh, hello. Back for episode two. Here we go again. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I just quick, um, how did your, you know, your scavenger hunt go? Did you find anything that you wanted? I did. I found um, a fair amount. Uh, I was happy with uh, what I found at Amoeba, for those of you who remember our enthralling discussion about the cds i was looking for <laughs> it wasn't it was uh, indeed enthralling uh so yeah i found some and then there's still a lot that i'm looking for um and then of those uh there were some that i really loved and then some that i have already decided to get rid of so, <laughs> so that's did, usually how it goes did you find uh i need Kamozi out there the hot stepper was that out there <clears throat> number one on my list. Um, it's really hard to find them. Very rare. It is. You gotta, you gotta go on eBay for that one. Ooh, you gotta go to eBay or you know half.com or one of those places. But, hey, so I took that test, man. Um, okay. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, it was good. I mean, I, I, it's, it was, it was geek though. Uh, uh, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. It, it's so weird. And it was weird. Cause I mean, there's so many of those tests. There's probably like, you know, a long list of them. So I took about four of them. <laughs> you took all four of them? Just, just to make sure it was like one, one, and then another one and another one. Uh, and then they, I think three of the four came geek and then the other one said dork. So I, <laughs> <laughs> you are in no way, shape or form a nerd though. Apparently. No, I, I guess not. I mean, are we going to change this to, to when a geek starts over? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Well, I think when it comes to those, uh, terms, I think nerd is the more general one that gets thrown around yeah. and it gets used in more instances and in more ways. I think when you move to dork and geek, you start to get more specific and you're drilling down as to what is somebody's, you know, specific interest or whatever, which of course we as geeks want to do. We want to know what am I exactly? What category am I in? Yeah, yeah. That's also just you know for the people who listened to the first episode of this uh, particular series, it has resulted in two different people going onto iTunes and buying Ninja Rap. So that <laughs> you're welcome. How sad for them. Their lives just got a little worse. So just like you and me, but the ones that you want to sell back, these two people cannot sell back Ninja Rap. It is forever on their hard drive. Whoa. Or in the cloud or whatever, wherever it exists. More money in Vanilla's uh, pocket there. Um, yeah, well, more proof that you're making the world a worse place. So. <laughs> That's exactly what I say when I look in, when I look in the mirror every day. Um. It's, your it's your stated goal. If you guys go to you know the podcast's description, it says making the world a worse place. Well, that's one, actually uh, that's a good a that's a good tagline, dude, for this podcast. You know, making the world worse one episode at a time. <laughs> it's, 
It's a good goal. <laughs> it is, man. Hey, so now did you watch – I let you borrow the uh, Blu-ray. Did you watch it at all? Oh, gosh. Wonder Woman I have not watched oh, yet. Yeah. That's, that's – yeah. DC is a tough one. You know, there's so much, you know, shitty in DC. So, uh, I I do apologize because you did lend me your personal copy of Wonder Woman. It's hard for me to get excited about it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Um, and then the other thing, a couple things. One, my wife will not watch it. She, (laughs) She does not like superhero movies in the slightest. Although she did see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and she was, I think she was very, uh, she had very low expectations and she was pleasantly surprised with that one. Oh, um, but the other thing is for me, uh, Wonder Woman is Linda Carter. Oh, I yeah, grew up yeah. with the TV show with, uh, you know, Steve Reeves with his, uh, dashing, uh, smile that shines in the opening credits and the cool song. And she did not have a sword. This whole thing with Wonder Woman having a sword is new to me. I know maybe it comes from her, Amazonian past or whatever, but she only had the lasso of truth and uh, and the bullet stopping whatever those are yeah. bracelets. Yeah. yeah, she didn't have a weapon really, you know. So she had to use her feminine wiles. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 a good film, but then again, it's also you think about. Um, when it comes to DC, the expectations are not that high. You know, when it comes to Marvel, they're high. So uh, Wonder Woman was obviously the best of what they put out. That might have changed now because from what I hear, Teen Titans Go, the animated movie that came out, I mean, had like, what, a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes? Wow. Um, and that's considered a DC film. But uh, that I, I could see that because I have watched that cartoon, and it's hilarious. So... Um, yeah, you were telling me that you like to watch it with your daughter. If yeah, I so correctly. yeah, that, yeah. One, that one's good. So I mean, when you can watch it, I, another movie that I recommended to someone, um, which was The Greatest Showman, uh, which uh, features uh, Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron uh, dancing and singing throughout the whole film. Uh, someone else said that was awesome. I'm sure you haven't seen that because you're not into musicals, right? I generally do not like musicals. Yes, that is true. I have been happily surprised with a couple. Yeah. I liked Once. I don't know if you've seen Once. What, but, is, what uh, is that? Who, what, is, what is that? That's a movie about, I think it's set in Ireland, and it's like an Irish guy that's, I think he's a busker, which is, you know, somebody just plays music on the street. Mm-hmm. And then he meets this woman, I think she's like his dad's cleaning lady, and she's from some uh, Eastern European country, and they somehow start to make music together and I think they inevitably fall in love with one another. Uh, the music's really good and the story was believable and heartwarming. So, uh, I dug that one. Um, and I really like the wall. A lot of people don't think of it as a musical cause it's so dark and it's so, uh, starkly different from most musicals, but Pink Floyd's the wall is, I always tell people it's my favorite musical. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy because, you know, I always wondered, there's a weird line that's blurred between musical and, like, whether Disney movies are considered musicals. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, yeah, they're animated. I mean, does that mean that it's not a musical? I mean, there's songs every, like, you know, you know, every 10 minutes in, in a Disney film. I and mean, why would that not be considered a musical? Yeah, in my mind, that's what makes a musical. If music is a heavy component and or the main characters are singing songs, you know, then it's basically a musical. Yeah, so, I, uh, Jungle, Jungle Book, you know, I actually do like the Jungle Book too, but which, uh, I'm not one? a huge Disney fan, but I, I do like that one because I grew up with it. Oh, wait, so uh, have you seen the new one though? Oh gosh, which new one? They're, they've made so many of them. Well, uh, no, I like the one from the 60s or 70s or whatever it was. I, well, the one that was um, uh, made by, I think, John Favreau, directed this one and uh okay it was no it was actually really really good uh very emotional i mean i i do like the uh disney coming out with these live action films you know um with with you know cinderella being live action and now mulan's gonna be live action 
and they showed uh, which I hope they have Asian characters in that one. <laughs> no, do they not have Asian voice actors for the original Mulan? Yeah, they do, but it's like I mean, I'm saying like I mean, look, Scarlett Johansson is taking every every role that is not meant for her. I mean, she did you know ghosts, you know. Ghost of the Machine, right? She did. Ghost uh, of the Show, yeah. Yeah, Ghost of the Show. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. And then she, she was, she was, I guess, cast in another role for to be a transgender, per, you know. And, and I'm like, dude, I don't get why you get these roles. Um, so well, well, actually, just to you know, geek out on this a little bit. Officially, Ghost in the Shell, she's playing a robot, so it doesn't yeah, have to be yeah. an Asian robot, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, and the, I mean, she has a history of of, of the, taking these roles, and she's getting she's gotten a lot of like backlash over that. I mean, if they, you know, uh, if they what they redo Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, are they going to cast her? I mean, I mean, what 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 is the where's the line that we cross on 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 on, on casting? You know, she could play Michael Rappaport's character. There you that. go. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> she could do that. <laughs> she's got a lot of range so I believe she can do it <laughs> well um, I know you you said you wanted to talk about video games man so I'm curious we've never talked about video games on my particular podcast so this would be kind of interesting I hope it's interesting I yes I I do um, enjoy video games I like talking about video games and they are a pretty large part of my life and have been uh, going pretty far back. I'm I'm going to be 42 this year, so I am old enough to have experienced the wonder that is Atari. Oh yeah, the you know uh, amazing joystick with one button that would be like a foreign object to today's video gamers. Yeah. So yeah, I go back pretty far with video games and continue to play them today. Uh, and I, you know, um, I know that part of at least no ordinary nerd you guys talk about how nerd culture you know is sort of escapism for you and i think more so than movies video games really do serve that role for me uh so yeah they they are actually important to me my wife doesn't always understand (laughs) you know she's she's not really she used to play video games and actually she doesn't play them because she she knows that for certain games she'll get a little too involved um like it'll just take up too much of her time so she kind of consciously stays away from them but i uh i i love them they're yeah, great yeah I, I think for me like it started you know when i was you know very young like i i know that uh i started seeing commercials about this you know this thing this uh this gray box and you know and i i, I my mo- my father was in the military uh and we would go to the military base to go shopping every Saturday for groceries, and I used to head straight to the, the entertainment section. And I would stare at the Nintendo Entertainment System for <laughs> for thirty minutes, and I'd just say, "Look, look how much that costs!" And like, is he gonna say yes if I ask to buy this thing? You know, will they buy this for me? You know, I was I was getting allowance at the time, but it was like two dollars a week, and I, I would calculate that. Like, dude, this is taking me a whole year. I don't know how the hell I'm going to get this thing. Yeah, but two hundred two hundred and eighty dollars or something like that. I think it was. Yeah, if, it, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like two fifty or two eighty, something like that. So yeah, it was a big deal for sure. You know, it's not a small investment, but uh, I mean, I clearly remember. Well, so I had an Atari. I think my brother had gotten it, so I, I was too young to have requested that from my parents. So I kind of, through the benefit of having older siblings, you know, had access to that. Um, and I remember playing, um, you know, combat and well, Pitfall was a really big one uh, for the Atari 2600 anyway. Yeah. Have you ever played those games? Yeah, uh, yeah I played. Yeah, I Space wanna, Invaders. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Space Invaders. Um, and also, I mean, River Raid. Played a lot of River Raid. Uh, okay. I played. 
I think I played, was it Food Fight on there? Um, but yeah, it was just uh, those kinds of games. Adventure, played Adventure. That was, that okay. Was, uh, the one that's referenced in Ready Player One. Exactly. Right? If you haven't seen that film, I suggest anyone who listens, please go watch the film. Actually, read the book first and then watch the film. Um, read the book first then watch the film. They're both good, actually. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised with the movie. Um, yeah, so that was kind of like my introduction to it all. Uh, Yars Revenge I played. And I played some of the pieces of garbage like uh, Circus, where, you know, like, what am I even supposed to be doing right now? Wait, is it, is it, is it <laughs> I mean, there were just some really, uh, one of the most amazing games was Missile Command. Oh, that, that, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good, that was one of the, yeah, that was one of the good ones, for sure. All you had to do was uh, stop the missiles from destroying your base, and essentially the game just started going faster and faster to the point where you couldn't keep up, and the missiles would inevitably destroy your base. No so matter what, yeah. I mean, there was just absolutely no way to win the game because there'd just be too many missiles. Well, I mean, did you? Wasn't didn't ET come out on on Atari? Yes, that- ET is known as one of the worst video games <laughs> i think i played it a little bit but yeah it was confusing it, i i don't think i knew what to do or where to go or i mean i was fairly young but it, at the very least it was an attempt at some kind of story you know i mean most atari games had zero story you know i mean even pitfall which pitfall was i think to me, what I remember is the most fun. That and actually Stampede was a really big game for me when I was young, which was basically just roping cows or sheep <laughs> or something like that. Learning how to be a uh, farmer is that that's yeah. What it, uh... You get more points for the black sheep. It was it was so repetitive, but it was addictive because you know it's like how well can you do it? Well, you know, but, so I, fall, you've got these things that you find on the ground like uh, a bag of money or gold bars or a diamond ring but this it never went anywhere you either went to the left or to the right and there were the alligators and the snakes but it's not like you were chasing after some damsel in distress or if there was somebody at the end that you were trying to rescue i never got there because i was not proficient enough to to jump on the alligators heads and then (laughs) make it across so, um, but there's no story to these games. E.T., at the very least, I think they tried to incorporate a story. I just don't think the technology was there. They couldn't really pull it off. So Yeah, I, I think, and that's what usually grabbed me I, was, was, was the story. Um, and I think that's the reason why my favorite you know, genre of, of video games is the RPG. You know, just because... Um, but then again, now that that's actually kind of blurred now because you have action RPGs now, um, you know, or action games with RPG elements in it. So, I mean, that kind of, even, even some of the sports games, um, like some of the, the, the basketball games I play right now, I mean, there's decisions you have to make that will either further your, you know, your career or hurt certain aspects like your fan base or the money you make. So that has like, that's like an RPG like aspect to it too. So, Right. Um, anything could be kind of RPG-ish. Any game, they're going to probably try to throw that element in. Um, but if you go back to, you know, the first basketball games, I never played basketball on Atari. I think there probably was some version of it. There was, yeah. But it was shitty. Double Dribble was my first basketball game. Double Dribble. Oh, yeah. They'd always say, that. yeah. You Double know? Dribble. And the, the, yeah. the only thing with that game was how many times can I make the guy do a 360 before he dunks. There's <laughs> yeah. usually like three of them. And then they do the cutaway, right? Yeah, so the, the, the black and, and white. You go around like four times, and then it was the cutaway to the dunk, and you're like, oh my god, that was awesome. Yeah, or, or <laughs> what I remember with Double Dribble was like, people used to cheat with that floating three-pointer at the top of the, of the screen, and then um, the fact that you couldn't skip over the damn halftime. I mean, you had to watch the halftime show the, in its entirety, everything you couldn't oh, skip wow. past that, um, and you had black players on your team, but when you pass them the ball, they turn white. So I mean, that, that was... 
no, that's some racist shit. Right? <laughs> that's, that's really messed up. <laughs> what is the message there? I know. If, if they have the ball, then they're going to score. They have to be white. <laughs> I, 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 I never understood that. Um, <laughs> okay, so some other sports legends for me from the Nintendo era. Tecmo Bowl. Oh, yeah. That was good. You only had like four plays. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. You either had to play with uh, the Oakland Raiders because you got Bo Jackson. That was yeah, such a cheat. Man. He was he was amazing. Or the Chicago Bears with Walter Payton. Yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. So you basically just run the ball and then if you had either one of those guys, you'd be good to go. Unless you were playing the New York Giants and somebody was proficient with Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently even in video game mode was jacked up on cocaine <laughs> and ready to rip somebody's head off. Yeah, there was the cutscene in the game where he was actually doing a line before <laughs> I do remember that vaguely. Yeah, we're doing the line and then tearing Jeff Eisman's thigh apart. Or was it his shin? It was his shin. Yeah, something like that. Oh, anyway, yeah, that game was amazing. And then I think I oh, bases loaded was the baseball game that I used to play. Did yeah. you play that one? Yeah, that one. That was that was kind of tough, man. I mean, if I remember, you really had to aim your swing, right? If that's if I remember. Um, yes, so it was different from RBI Baseball. RBI Baseball was more generic, I think. Yeah, Bases yeah. Loaded had some more fine-tuned aspects to it. And you could really control the pitching is what I remember. Like you could, I feel like you could move the ball after you threw the pitch or something weird. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the most realistic baseball games at that time. I mean, it was like, it wasn't just, you're not worried about timing, like swing when, if it's a breaking ball or a fastball, but swing in the, in the direction of, you know, is it going to be high, low or down the middle? It was, uh, that was actually pretty complicated, frustrating for me. Yes, it was. But, but fun. I, I enjoyed There were a couple teams that were pretty stacked. Uh, you know, basically like the Yankees in reality, where they, it seemed like these virtual teams had more money and better players. Yeah, just like uh, now, right? <laughs> <laughs> not that the Yankees are uh, have been doing all that great in the past few years. No, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, so, um, you didn't play uh, oh, RPGs though? Oh, you didn't play any of those? Uh, for Nintendo, well, I guess Nintendo. It was really they had a few, but they weren't really. I think the real RPG started coming out when Super Nintendo was. Yeah, for Nintendo, I like I of course played Super Mario Brothers. Um, I never the farthest I ever got was I think eight three. I might have made it to eight four, but never defeated um, Bowser in the final final. Um, you know, level. So as many times as I played that game and I went to, you know, I knew how to warp. I knew how I didn't ever find the, the uh, negative world. So that was always the big deal. Like, could you make it to the negative worlds? And you're supposed to like hit this brick and then you're supposed to smoosh yourself down and then you jump and you shimmy into this pipe or something. I don't know. And then, you know, supposedly it went on forever. Um, I never did that, but there was always this rumor. I guess it's reality. I'm sure you could look it up now on YouTube or something of somebody going to negative worlds, but I could never achieve that. Um, but yeah, Super Mario, Excite Bike, uh, uh, Double Dragon was big. That was fun. Uh, but no, no RPGs really at that time. I guess Zelda was the only thing. That oh, was I guess like, you could. Yeah, like actually. Oh, well, how about this game? Now, this probably was one of my favorite games ever on nintendo did you uh, you had to did you play contra of course i played oh, contra yeah god could you could you uh, could up down you, up down left right left right ab select start i think is is that the, it's got to be impossible to beat that game if you don't use that code that's it's <laughs> that's, that's i don't really remember you know playing the game without using the code i might have played it initially and then somebody's like oh you're not using the code but yeah contra i just remember i have memories of a guy doing flips with bullets shooting around in circles around him like you would just hold down the shoot button the entire time <laughs> Wait, you don't think like i mean i i could have swore i saw jean-claude van damme do that in the film i mean that's <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Contra was fun. Contra was a lot of fun. I never, I don't think I ever beat that game. I don't think I beat really any Nintendo games except for Zelda. I think Zelda, because Zelda, you had to go through it twice, right? No, Zelda was tough, dude. I remember playing that game, and it was a gold cartridge, right? And you, yes. um, and then running through it, not even going in the first cave to get a sword. And just running through, like, damn, this game is hard as shit. You know, I had no weapon. (laughs) (laughs) You were playing it without a sword. How long did that last? Like, a week? I don't know. But (laughs) I keep dying. I don't know. I keep running into these creatures. It's not fair. Trying to hide. (laughs) Nothing's working. Well, Zelda was so cool because it had the hidden stuff. Like, I remember the bombs. And then the little like the oh, little noise man, of yeah, bank. and yeah. then you'd go into the other room and you'd find like the boomerang or whatever, or you'd like set fire to a tree. I remember just walking around like trying to set everything on fire because I was like, "There's got to be something hidden somewhere." Yeah, you know? I mean that was great. It was it was a great concept to yeah. hide stuff in a game. And not yeah, everything yeah. was just totally available, right? I mean. Yeah, that, that was part of the appeal. I think, yeah, with that game too, I think uh, you really had to, I mean, it made a lot of people pause the game and just make freaking maps and shit. Because you're like, okay, I already been here, I've been up here. It was just, it, it was one of the games where you really had to think, like, because you can go in circles and shit, man, and you'd be like frustrated, like, I've already been here, you know. God, it was, it was just that whenever that game over screen came after you got hit, you'd spun around and died. I don't remember how times I threw that controller. It was, it was such a frustrating game, dude. Um, it was frustrating. And I did not make a map, so I had to do everything from memory. And it was it was tough. But, you know, there was something to be said for completing it. If you got through it, you're like, oh, my God, that was so amazing that I did that. And it was one of the few games my mom actually she didn't really like the whole concept of me having video games. She allowed it, and she would buy me some games. But Zelda, she actually would play. She got mm-hmm. into playing it herself. So I think, you know, there's something to be said for that. But she's not a big gamer, my mom. Yeah, I mean, that, it's kind of cool because, I mean, if you look at those those games now, um, you know, Mario and Zelda, um, and, I mean, they're still alive and well today. I mean, they still make so much. I mean, they make a lot more money than they did back then. Um, and if you think about where Mario came from, I mean, the guy was a plumber. I mean, what the fuck? He's a, he's a plumber. And right. he's wearing overalls. And this guy's your hero, you know? And then, right. um, but, I mean, now, I mean, you put his face, don't even put his name anywhere in the U.S. I mean, in the whole world, I mean, and they'll know who that guy is. Yeah, very recognizable, for sure. And Link is too, for oh, sure. Oh yeah, probably, probably to a slightly lesser degree. I think there's a little more accessibility to Mario. Plus, he's been around since Donkey Kong, which yeah, uh, you know, is one of the great games. I, I never really played it much, but it's. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the King of Kong, a fistful of quarters, but it's a pretty fascinating documentary about trying to dominate. Donkey Kong. Oh, is that on Netflix or where is that on? Uh, I actually saw that in what's called a movie theater. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it came out, uh, gosh, at least like 10 years ago. Is that a, and... that's a newfangled thing? I've never heard of those before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's pretty fascinating. Apparently, uh, Donkey Kong is considered by some people to be, you know, the hardest game um, because. As, as is true with those older games, and it was, it was an arcade game. I think you could have it for Atari or one of those systems or Commodore 64 or whatever. But uh, at the arcade, um, you know, it was around, I think, in the early 80s. And you basically, you are Mario and you're trying to save, I guess it was Peach, I don't know. Um, and there's this gorilla that's throwing barrels at you and some of the barrels catch on fire or whatever. It's one of those games that just, you know, everything starts to move faster and faster as you go on. So it takes incredible skill to get to the higher levels, much like Pac-Man or any of those solid old school arcade games. So anyway, there's a guy who posted a high score on Donkey Kong. You know, he, you know, he was on the winner.
computer screen and back at that time you could just put in three initials or whatever and uh he posted the score and then it actually turns out that there was another guy who claimed that he had a higher score than that uh and it turned into a whole rivalry between the two of them it's a really interesting story uh interesting film partially just because they explore the whole culture around video games and that game in particular there's a real devotion to donkey kong because it's so hard people really want to excel at it yeah i I myself you know i would never even try to do that because i you know i love to play video games but i pretty much suck at them like to be honest i'm a total button masher i'm basically you know a caveman when it comes to any finesse or skill in a video game I've tried to play games like Metal Gear, and I'm like, oh, I just can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. <laughs> I, I know the. Uh, I mean, because video games, have, like, I mean, they've evolved so much. I mean, even look at the way. I I just went to a birthday party, a kid's birthday party this past weekend, and um, the first part of it is just all arcade, and so arcades are so different now from when, you know, when we were young. I mean, literally, you had. You know your your regular machines. You know you could play, you know turtles. You know you can play Final Fight. You know Double Dragon. Those kind of games. Um, but now it's like most of the stuff I saw was all for tickets. It wasn't like, you know, oh, really? it, yeah, it wasn't really like an arcade arcade like we used to uh, have. Right. Which is sad because it's like now we're not playing for scores. We're playing for plastic spiders now. Is that, right. is that you know? Because um, I remember I had so many fond memories of. My mom just dropped me off at like, you know, arcade and, I, and she'd say, I'll be, you know, go play with your friends for an hour. And I would just, man, just play, you know, like with my my stack of quarters and just play. I mean, you, you can't really do that anymore. Right. Yeah. Marvel, Marvel Heroes. Yeah. That was a good one, man. I, I used to love that one. Um, You know, the cooperative, the co-op games. Mm-hmm. Double Dragon. Yeah. yeah, was that was incredibly tough at the arcade. I don't. Did you play that in the arcade? Double Dragon, I probably did. Yeah. Oh god, that was a tough one. Um, it was tough. I used to get my butt kicked. Probably I could get through uh, just a couple levels of that game, maybe three or four. How about, how about Final Fight? Did you play that? Uh, that's the one with the hat, the guy that wears the hat backwards. I think so. Yeah, that was like uh, was that, that was just a straight up fighting, like Street Fighter, right? Oh no, that was like it was like it was like you had a guy named Hagar, and he was like you know basically the mayor of this town, and it was like basically ridden with crime. So he had like three of his friends. He he asked them to help him get rid of crime, and it was just kind of like Double Dragon, uh, a side scroller. Um, right. You know, which always made me laugh. Those games make me laugh because they make it seem like you know if I'm not feeling well, I'll find this this chicken drumstick on the ground anywhere. And I'll, <laughs> I will be healthy again. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that, I think there's a comedian that talks about that. <laughs> one of his routines about that, what he eats. It's just apples and chicken drumsticks. Oh, yeah, like random yeah. bags of cash. Um. Yeah, you need those too. I don't know that I ever played that game. Um, but I, I actually, believe it or not, I was never very good at Mortal Kombat. But I actually used to watch other people play. Because by the time you got to like Mortal Kombat 3, you could do, it wasn't just fatalities. You could do the babosity or whatever it was yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, like, friendship. Turn somebody into a baby. I, I was like, what the hell is happening in this game? <laughs> like, I thought this was all about killing and you just turned somebody into a baby? Like, it, it was, yeah, it was you, actually you, like, yeah, you could do that. Kind of refreshing in a way. Like, I thought it was cool that it was. It was so weird. Like, yeah, friendship. Uh, it, it was really. It was interesting that they took that concept of like, you know, the ending move it has to be, you know, what, like ripping your spine out or, you know, cutting someone in half or chopping their head off or whatever. And they're like, let's let's tweak it, and you have the option to either do that or turn them into a baby or give them a handshake. And it was it was it was weird. It's like. Uh... You know, I've been you know stabbing you with my arms that, that, that turn in that they can turn into swords at random parts of this fight. But you know what? I'm gonna turn you into the baby from Look Who's Talking now. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, or I I remember like Luke Kang, like his seeing his friendship for the first time, where he just a disco ball comes down and he just starts dancing. I'm like, what is this, dude? This is like that is it's what crazy. that's what friendship is. 
<laughs> for Luke Hang, I apparently. guess I'm doing it wrong. That's why I have no friends. I don't have a disco ball with me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I never had the skills. I think I could do like one fatality move, maybe with Scorpion. I think he had the easiest one, so I could maybe do his if I even was able to beat somebody. But I used to just hang around the side of the actual arcade box and watch people play. It was probably really annoying for the people that were playing, but there were a few people at this pizza place in Berkeley that sadly doesn't even exist anymore called LaValle's. But, well, at least the one I went to on Durant, it, it doesn't exist anymore. And I used to just watch people play the game because I was fascinated at what people could do. I had I didn't have the ability to control the joystick and push the buttons in the combination that these people could do. Which brings me to my next point. Why I suck at Street Fighter 2. Oh my god, dude. Uh, no, I, no I, I'm with you with when it comes to the fighter games. I don't even attempt. Uh, my reflexes are not good enough. Um, and uh, whenever I would, I would try fatalities, it would just end up me standing in front of the guy who's waving and just like me block, 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 and the guy would just faint. And like, okay. Exactly. That, well, that's, that's, that was me every time. <laughs> or, me every time. But um, no, it's Street Fighter 2. Did you play Street Fighter 1 first? Did you play that at all? I didn't even know there was a Street Fighter. Oh my god, dude. By the time I had, I guess it was a Super Nintendo, I think that was the first console that had Street Fighter 2. And, I mean, I I guess I played Street Fighter. I guess I did. That was with, what, there were only eight people? Yeah, and it was it was like uh, I mean the fireballs were extremely slow if I remember that one and uh, yeah that was a tough game it was two that I guess like changed the fighting um, genre like for good I mean it was it you that's when people would put quarters up there and be like I got next game you'd have long lines um, and it was crazy I mean I did I did what you did I would just watch and I would just sit there. And, you know, whatever, you know, snack I had, I would just watch people play because it was like a, it was so captivating watching these people play. Um, well, I mostly played that one at home. So I had a Super Nintendo and I would actually I played um, against the computer quite a bit. But then I'd also invite people over to play. Yeah. And sometimes I, you know, since I own the game, I could kind of like school somebody. I was I'd almost always play with Chun-Li, though. And I feel like. She had this advantage of being able to jump around like a crazy person and stick to the walls. She was hard to hard to um, hit because of all the yeah. crazy jumping, right? Yeah, she she was. Yeah, she was the character I used the most. I mean, I yeah, she was also very annoying because I mean, yeah, she had that one move where she just like hop on your head. And it's like that's basically all I ever did. <laughs> you know, she had like the rapid kick, kind of like what E Honda does, but yeah, of punching, it's kicking. I never would do that. Yeah, all I would do was jump around and then kick kick people in the head. Jump around, kick people in the head, and then when they would get dazed, I'd walk up to them and do the body slam. Yeah, that see, was my whole technique with her. <laughs> no, yeah, she had the uh, was it the upside down like you know hurricane kick thing that uh that Ryu yeah. and, and uh, Ken did, but uh yeah no she was no she was she was really good. I used Guile. Uh, that was like my guy, um just because he was his hair was awesome. Yeah, that's called that is called the spinning vagina kick. <laughs> it is the spinning vagina. <laughs> so Guile, Guile is a character I could never play. I, that's, this is my point. Like I did not have the ability to play with somebody that required that level because he was harder to get the the sonic kick and the sonic boom to get that going. Like his special moves, I couldn't do. Yeah, and no. So, I remember, didn't they have, like, all these, like, weird rumors, like, oh, you can pull out a gun or handcuff a guy, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about um, that Gal can do? But apparently you could do that. It would literally, you could handcuff it, handcuff your opponent, and it would freeze the game, and it'd have to be restarted. Oh, really? Yeah. I I, I, oh. I used to go to, a, there was a 7-Eleven near my high school, um, and after school, everyone spent went there and spent hours in front of it was it was weird. It was just a Seven Eleven with just one machine, and it was a seven. It was Street Fighter Two, um, and you had, they actually had a time limit for how long you could be there because people would <laughs> long lines of people. Uh, but uh, there was a guy who used to play there, and he used to play with only one hand. 
He literally only had one hand. Um, what? No, and I he know. Still beat any? No, like he, he literally only had one hand. Yeah, he 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 would put the joystick in between the thumb and the pointer finger, and he wow. would and he kicked everybody's ass. It was like he pushed the buttons with his other fingers. Yep, he kicked wow. everyone's ass. It was before it was a joke. Like, man, this guy's kicking your ass, but no, everyone's like, no, this guy's the best player we've ever seen. Um, wow. No, yeah, he was he was awesome, man. But I, he was I legit. I, I, I liked watching just people play. I mean, even the games now, I mean, they went from that, and then you had Mortal Kombat, you know, and then you had, like, Killer Instinct, which was, like, all on combos, and, you know, now everything is, like, a fighter now. You know, I'm not, I'm just not good at that stuff. Me neither, but I tried. I played Virtua Fighter, too. That was a fun one. Yeah, that was one of the first, two. It was, like, it was probably one of the first games where you can kind of do, like, it was kind of 3D-ish. You right. can kind of you you, you you can you know you actually had to use angles to get hits. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Plus, you could play with King, who had like a lion head. <laughs> I always wondered about that. <laughs> <laughs> or Eddie Gordo, right? Oh man! Oh, that was a was that a Tekken? Right? Was that Tekken? Oh, that's Tekken. Yeah, that's yeah, Tekken. That and that Excuse was me. he is that guy. If you use Eddie Gordo, man, that's cheating, dude. <laughs> you, can, you can press any button and you'll do some crazy shit like head spin and you think you know what you're doing but you yeah, that, that was cheating man I was like no way if you choose him I'm like you can't choose that guy we actually had rules like that if you're gonna play you can't choose him dude it's like well yeah cause it's just button mashing yeah right? there's yeah. no technique to it you just if you push a bunch of buttons you're gonna beat somebody yeah so. well you know if we saw since we talked about all these games do you have an all-time favorite game ever like that your favorite game you've ever played uh i really liked skyrim oh, a lot man, yeah. it was really a pretty amazing game i was really happy with the world they created and the stuff i could find you know i'm a pretty big tolkien fan not huge on the movies, but the books. And uh, so to create a world like that, with that level of mystery and magic, and, you know, uh, I really enjoyed playing that quite a bit. Uh, so that ranks up there. Um, and then, you know, I guess, you know, Bethesda is doing something right. Fallout 3 was pretty big for me, too. Similar reason, uh, you know, just the level of what you could explore. Uh, was pretty amazing. Um, and I liked the world they created for that, too, the whole post-apocalyptic uh, giant scorpions and mutants and everything. So Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I think that's like, I mean, that's the big thing now is just the open world, um, you know, game where you just, you're a dot on a map and then you can't see the map and you just start discovering locations. Uh and I, I was a huge fan of Skyrim too. That's like one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Fallout also, just because it's it, it's open world, but it's also creepy as shit, man. Um, yes, it is. Um, I don't know how many jump scares I've had in that game, uh, but one of my favorites, I guess, would have to be Final Fantasy VII. It's probably one of my favorites, uh, just because of the story and the. Uh, I mean, it's epic, and and you know, there's been so many rumors of it being remade. Um, you know, we're always on edge when it comes, whenever E3 comes up, are they going to do a Final Fantasy 7 or whatever a remake? They remake so many shitty games. Um, why would they not make that game? But, um, what? so well, I, I never, I tried to play Final Fantasy 8, I think it was, and I couldn't get into it because it just, it's moved too, too slow for me. But what was it about 7 that was on a different level? Oh, than the other oh Final, God. Final Fantasy games. Well, you know, that was, I guess, Final Fantasy was, was, they had some good games, man. I mean, they, you know, um, Final Fantasy, I think, 3 slash 6 is what it was uh, in America, I guess, um, on Super Nintendo. That was the first game that got me hooked to stories when it came to, you really worried about what happens to the characters in the game, their well-being. Um, 7, that was even deeper. Um uh, the story of the main, like, you know, protagonist and, like, his, why he's on this, you know, in this world and his role in, and the people that, you know, he joined him uh, in his party uh, to help him achieve the goal. I mean, it was, that was something. It was the, the graphics at the time were the best of its kind, but now if you look at it now, everyone was blocky as shit, man. It was like, that was what gaming was. If I play it now, 
I'd be like, man, I can't believe I really, you know, I, I can't get past how bad it is, the, you know, the graphics now. But it was, for me, it was the story um, uh, yeah. that got me. Um, but now, with the games that we have now, like you mentioned Skyrim and how open world it is, and you never know what you're going to find when you enter, enter a cave uh, through the, you know, the decisions you make in the game that will affect the whole landscape of the game, um, especially when it comes to Fallout decisions and companions that you do have and the things you do for them that change out the outcome of the game. Now, sometimes it can be kind of too complex. I mean, do you think the games are too complex now or you like it to be as deep as possible? Um, there are times where, uh, I feel that a world is, is too big and, um, I guess my issue is more if it gets too repetitive. Yeah. Like they create these big worlds, but uh, sometimes the tasks that they ask you to do are too similar. So I just finished playing Far Cry 5, which I actually really liked. Um, but when I compare it to Far Cry 4, which I also enjoyed, Far Cry 4 now feels to me like so repetitive. They had you do the same thing over and over again. And. Um, too big of a map to have that much repetition is what I would say. So if you are going to create a game that has a big map, uh, make it like Skyrim and have lots of different things happening, have the interactions be different all the time, have surprises, have some mystery to it, and then the game will still be enjoyable. If you, if you have to do the same repetitive task over and over again, I'm personally just going to end up getting bored with it and not really care about completing um, the game. Well, what about, okay, so you have those types of, you know, open world games. What about, you know, like, did you play Zelda for the Switch? I am in the middle of playing it, yes. Now, now I how have about, not completed it. How about that has an open world game? I mean, I know that's a lot different as in, you know, I mean, you don't level. You you don't really level up. I mean, you just you can gain hearts. You can you, you know, um, you're not really like developing. You know, those kind of things. But that's a different kind of open world game, I think. It is, and I so far I've uh, found it enjoyable um, and fairly addictive. Uh, I like the fact that the shrines are unique, uh, at least to some degree. I like. The puzzling of it, you know, the log the logic challenges, and um, I like that aspect of it. Uh, there are other aspects of it that do feel a little tedious, but um, all in all, it's e each experience seems to be fairly fresh so far. But I, I'm I don't know at what point I'm at in the game, so. In terms of, you know, I'm still unlocking memories, and I am still dealing with the divine beasts. So, uh, and I don't know at what point I'm going to get to the, like, go up against the Calamity Ganondorf or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, that I, I, I liked it too, but I think for me it was just extremely frustrating um, with weapons and just breaking in the middle of a fight. Um, and having to use like body parts to, to freaking attack. It, I, I didn't like that aspect. I mean, it makes it more difficult. You know, you really have to think, you know, strategize. Do I want to use this weapon for this like little mob near a tree or do I want to use like a, a hard and save the hardcore stuff for random bosses that pop up in the middle of a, you know, a field? You know, well, I think that's probably what the game designers intended was to add that layer of decision making. Yeah. And particularly since you only have a bow and arrow as a ranged weapon in the game. I'm just trying to compare it like, okay, in Far Cry, you're almost all using handguns. I mean, they have an arrow and a slingshot and whatever. But the, in that game, you're going to run out of ammo, right? Yeah. So if, if your primary means of attacking in a game like Zelda is going to be a melee weapon, like you're going to use a sword or, you know, some kind of spear or something like that, you're not going to run out of ammo. Um, so I guess in their minds, they decided let's have these weapons eventually break. And then the person is going to have to decide in that moment, 
what am I going to use instead? So I, I think that they decided to add that as that added layer of decision-making, but I also do find that frustrating. Um, I mean, thankfully in the game, you can pause it and select another weapon. So it's not like you are SOL if you're battling some hard creature and all of a sudden your weapon breaks. But it is like I, I, I battled one of the, what are they called? Lionels or whatever, those kind of lion horse things. Yeah, yeah. Those and those things were kicking my ass. I think I went through five or six weapons. I was almost out of weapons by the time I got yeah. done with it. So it was it was that was pretty annoying. It didn't really feel like very efficient gameplay. I feel like there should be more stronger weapons in there that last quite a bit longer. Aside from the Master Sword, I just got the Master Sword in the game, mm-hmm. and they're already telling me, like, when you get it, they, be, uh, well, spoiler alert, I guess, if you're going to play this game, they already tell you, once you get it, you know, to use it wisely, because its power gets diminished as you use it. Like, I finally got a weapon that's never going to break, but they're already telling me, like, don't use it very often. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, I was see- totally banking on having that thing, and, and it being, like, a weapon that I could always use, but they basically discourage you from doing that right from when you get it. See, I and that for me is like the biggest gripe. So for me, what I do, my technique is is stupid. Is is basically I hide and I just drop bombs everywhere. I mean, because I know that I, I know that I'll have unlimited bombs. You know, so it's like you know I'll throw and I'll just aim if I'm like invading some camp, you know, and I'll just throw bombs and just wait because then you know the mobs are not smart; they'll just go back to their little campfire and just right. stand sit back there after getting blasted, um, unless they actually see you. And that and then that can be I that can be tedious because sometimes it'll take you like twenty minutes. To, oh yeah, to- see, I don't have the patience for that. I'm the total I run headlong and. Yeah. I usually get killed a few times yeah. until I finally just mash buttons in the right way and eliminate the enemies. So. Yeah, see, I mean, that's, and I, I think that I, at first I played, I played Zelda nonstop for, I, I would say, like two weeks. But then I, that really just started to bother me was the whole, the whole fact that, like, you know, oh man, this weapon's so strong. I'm like, oh shit, dying. You know, like, I'm going back to using tree branches. I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> I, I, I just got too irritating for me. So I, I didn't I haven't I haven't played it since. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I, you didn't you didn't complete it? No, no. I mean okay. I, I didn't, you know, I even like um I remember um I mean because the game's awesome, the graphics are great, you know, it's it's difficult, but not too difficult that, you know, it would scare gamers away from it. Um but and the lore of, of Zelda and you know the graphics that the Switch offers. I mean uh I mean it's a great game, but it just wasn't for me. Like for Skyrim is more a game for me. I mean, because it's you know, even the aspect of being able to build your own, you know, get houses and build, you know, with the new with the DLC you can build your own place. Same thing with Fallout, Fallout 4. It's like you you find settlements and you build settlements. I kinda like that that kind of sims ish aspect that they add to these games. Um, yeah, they keep doing that more and more. I think it makes people more invested and, you know, um, I think the idea is that you create a life within a game, which, uh, you know, is an interesting aspect to modern gaming. There's a moment I will never forget uh, when I saw a friend of mine playing Final Fantasy XI, which was the first online, if I'm not mistaken, Final Fantasy. Yeah, you're right. And um, he was sitting by a waterfall with another player and just typing. They were having a conversation. And I, I thought to myself, this is a video game? Like, this is so bizarre. I feel like he was on a date or something. Oh, my you dude. <laughs> dude, like, you. Like, he was not even playing anything. The whole goal of him being there was to, like, meet a chick. No, dude. You know what? I Final Fantasy Eleven was probably, for me, one of the most addictive games that I've ever played. It was truly a time sink. I oh oh, oh my I god! I believe you because I w- I refuse to play MMORPGs. I will not do it because there are too many options 
too many possibilities out there. Plus, you have to rely on other people, which I've never really been very good at when it comes to video games, because I think I would be the Leroy Jenkins of <laughs> plunge in headlong before anyone's really ready to go, and then I would make everyone pissed off at me. So Yeah, well, no, I mean, yeah, that was, an, and I guess, like, that was probably the game that, that really... Um, I, I mean, I would spend time, like, hours probably doing what your friend was doing. Like, I would literally be sitting in a waterfall, but I'd be fishing, and you would fish for hours, you know, because yeah. you, you needed these things to make these other things and, and to make money in the game. It really was a job. Like, I literally would plan my day out. Like, two hours, I'm going to be working on making money. And two hours after that, I have to, like, you know, do quests and stuff or meet with other people. And it really was. But, wow, since you met, you mentioned Leroy Jenkins – that game, I guess, was different in the fact that you didn't really, you could rely on people if you wanted to, if you wanted to do like really big, like end game stuff and get all the art, you know, best weapons. But you could really survive, you know, almost to the end as a solo player, um, mm-hmm. which I liked because I didn't like depending on people either. Um, right. Like, you know, oh, what time are you going to be on? You can be on when I'm going to be on. Okay, now we can do this mission. And they find out they don't get on and you're by yourself, you can't do the mission. So, wow, I I fell into that really fast just because that was like, I don't have to depend on anyone. I can take care of everything by myself, Um, but also a huge time sink. Um, Oh, for sure. I mean, to the point where I swore them off before I ever even played one. Part of the reason, too, and this goes way back, I heard um, on a radio program, this was back when EverQuest was uh, happening, which is, if you don't know, one of the first MMORPGs. Uh, so massive multiplayer online role-playing game, uh, like World of Warcraft and like um, Final Fantasy XI. And it was so addictive to the, that people used to jokingly call it Evercrack. But yeah, yeah. You, you would just play the game constantly, right? And so um, these people were calling in, I guess the radio hosts, you know, had some kind of question like if you've had experience with everquest please call us so they had people calling in first of all these people would identify themselves more with whatever character they had created than their own identity they'd yeah. say i'm a 50, i'm a 55th level mage whatever but they i heard stories of people uh living in an apartment and taking 24 hour turns yep with one character and not even playing the game, camping out on a spot where they knew these drops would happen, where stuff would spawn so they could get weapons or money or whatever it was in the game that was valuable. They literally were just sitting there. I don't know if they were selling these things. Uh, This might've been before steam. So maybe there was no market for it at the time, but they weren't even really actively playing the game. They were just trying to get stuff. And it was so bizarre to me. Um, and supposedly there was a guy who, uh, actually committed suicide in front of his computer screen because his EverQuest character had lost everything. It was his whole life. And to, to me, that's actually kind of a danger of these games that people get so invested in them that it means more to them than their own reality. And, you know, I, I love video games, but I'm just not willing to to allow them to take that precedence in my life that I, you know, care more about what happens in the virtual world than I care about my own reality. Yeah. I mean that, I know like with that game, like I remember well, Final Fantasy 11, that was probably one of the first times, you know, actually, you know, that's not even true. I used to play Ultima online, which was probably one of the first, uh, massive like online games. But yeah, you people would do what you're talking about. They would find bosses and they would collect money and rares. And what they would do is they would sell it for real world money. Um, and people would buy it. I remember going on eBay and seeing people sell like five million gold for twenty bucks. And this was a very you know good way to make money in real life. People were using this as their career, and it and went on to Final Fantasy XI. They did that too. World of Warcraft, you still have it. Yeah, they have rules now because you have moderators who who roam the world and see if you're trying to spam selling artifacts. And people still do it. And if you get banned, they create another character, and they would just do it again. And so 
that's probably going to be around forever. Um, but well, yeah, yeah. W- weren't there gold farmers for one of those? Oh yeah, in China like the, just people that all they do is mine gold. Right? Yeah, exactly. For all those systems, and I don't think that would ever. You know, there's no way you can actually stop that. I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. You know, um, people don't want to grind. You know, for their own things, they want to fast forward to being having the best armor, the best weapons, and <laughs> all that other stuff. <laughs> To me, that's that's the antithesis of the game. Like, I yeah. like building up a character. I don't. I wouldn't want to pay money to to enter in with a character that's already badass. Like, I just then then what what do you care? Why would you care? I mean, part of the reason why I end up caring about games is because I've invested the time and I've seen my character grow. When I play an RPG game, you know, it is fun to start off shitty and then. Uh, you know, build it up and get better and and uh, improve, and then you know you can see that development instead of just being like starting off as Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> being badass from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, man, this is a good episode, man. I mean, this is awesome. We got to talk about video games. I've never really talked about video games on on my on this show. Um, well, especially we kind of went through the spectrum of how it started all the way till some of the games that are coming out, you know, now with like, you know, fallout coming out with fallout 76. And I know we didn't really get to go into like what that's going to entail because that's supposed to be online. Also. I don't know if you know that, but that's supposed to be online. Um, which game? fallout 76, which is the, oh. new, the new fallout game, um, which will be interesting. Cause it's like, you know, do we have to depend on people in that game to help us with shit, which I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be happy with. Um, I, no, I, I, that I'm, seems to be the direction that games are going in, at least to make one version of that, you know, for your world. I think it's just to give people the option if they like playing games that way, then let them do it that way. I guess. I mean, that shows the impact of a game like World, world of Warcraft. No, it really I, was. It was a game changer. Like literally, it, it changed how people want to experience video games so well even like i don't know if you if you played like i was hoping that the online i'm hoping the online capability is kind of like what dark souls does dark souls 3 i don't know if you played that but um no 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 i tried dark souls 2 and i again i'm a button masher so i was getting schooled left and right and i was dying way too much and i was like fuck this game yeah i can't I can't get anywhere with it. I mean, I tried exploring the whole world, and I could always, I was getting killed by pigs. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if a pig's going to kill me, then, you know, this friggin' demon knight that's got a gigantic sword is definitely going to kill me every time. So I could not get anywhere. That's like the antithesis. It was silly that I even thought I should try to play that game, because somebody said, it's so hard. Like, it's so hard. You're going to die a lot. And I was like, oh, I'll give that a try. Yeah, um, I, I know and, that, yeah. that that game. Yeah, I, I remember I had to do a, a – I was paid to do a game review for that game. And I was like, I cannot do review because I can't get damn – past the damn tutorial. The tutorial <laughs> was like <laughs> – Dude, the tutorial was this. Yeah, a, if you can't get past the tutorial, that's a pretty bad sign. No, it was like time. it was a boss. This boss, and it was like the tutorial. Like you need a dodge. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> is this, dude? We said dodge. No, you're supposed to dodge. Yeah, you're supposed to dodge keep and then to, keep trying to dodge. It it was so it was so stupid. Um, no, but like in that game, the online capability could be one of two ways. I think where it's like people can leave notes for you and shit, saying, "Hey, there's a deep drop here. Don't jump off." Or right. they'll say, "There's a a mob hiding behind this wall." You know, so that was kind of nice. Oh, you're warning me and shit, because they'll tell you how they died. Right, like right. I just died. Or you can, like, if there's a big boss, you can just all of a sudden summon someone to help you really quick, just for the boss, and they'd be gone after that. Um, yeah, they did have the summoning for that, right? Yeah, that that was that's fine. But I hope that's what Fallout seventy six will entail. It's like there's certain shit where people will, will we can only interact that way, not where it's like I can't defeat like this guy in this town. I need to assemble a party of twenty seven people. Um, to beat this guy. If we don't have 27 people, we're all going to die. I, I don't want to do that. Um, right. That's too much pressure, you know? Um, 
but yeah, I think we can get more into that next time we talk because I think you know video games are constantly evolving, and there's so many um, things to talk about within you know this whole topic. So oh, I didn't even I didn't even touch on uh, Nintendo Pro Wrestling. So we'll have oh, to I know next time. you can't end without talking about you know Kim Corn Karn. You can't end. <laughs> guy from the Amazon that used to bite your head? Oh, I think he was called the Amazon. <laughs> wasn't his... I think he was. <laughs> he was just a green guy. <laughs> oh my god. That was amazing. Uh, if I ever join porn, my name will be Kim Corn Corn. <laughs> As it should be. So culturally sensitive. I guess so. Alright, this is, this is Harper, who's going to be back on many other shows. Uh, another interesting one of uh, episode of Nerds Talking. This time we talked about video games. Who knows what the next topic will be about. Maybe it will be what our names would be in porn. I don't know. Um... <laughs> But thanks, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be your first pet and the first street you lived on. So oh, yeah, that's, that's true. I, so that, was, that was the rule. Uh, so why would be Duke Catalina? That's a pretty good name, uh, actually. Yeah. Mine is Reggie Ramona, which is also pretty good. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> as long as your street you lived on wasn't little, you know? like. No, you don't want to be on that street. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again for doing this, and uh, we'll talk soon, and we'll, we'll do it again. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Thank you. All right. Also, just last, if you have any comments on any of the shows, when a nerd starts over at gmail.com. All right. This is Dan and Harper. See you next time.